All right, I'm back again. Uh, well, I say again because I did. I had the pleasure of interviewing with this guy uh, a couple weeks ago, and now I have the uh, the pleasure of having him on our show. Um, I think you guys are gonna get a lot out of this interview because uh, this is a man who has built a uh, a substantial portfolio of syndicated apartment deals uh, through the course of his career. And uh, you know, I had so much fun interviewing with him. I had to bring him on our show so that my audience could get the full advantage of listening to. Know, what he's built, what he's been through, and uh, you know where he's where he's heading next. And so, uh, welcome to the show, uh, Ola Dantes. Thanks for coming on today, man, and uh, I appreciate you being here. Thank you so much, Joe. Really appreciate um, having me on the show. Um, you're a legend. I just thank you for having me. Can't wait to to dig in with you today. Absolutely, man. So, so tell our tell our listeners, you know, where did, where just give us the the the, the background of thirty seconds of you know where you started, how you even thought about getting into apartments and then, you know, kind of how you got to where you're at today. I'm going to have to like 4X this to, to go in 30 seconds. But basically, you can do it. You can I'm do it a try. minute, minute and 30 seconds. How's that? Maybe give it two minutes. I'll give you two minutes. No, I'm okay. just kidding. Oh, Take yeah, your time. That's, that's more than, tell you, that's tell, more than tell your story. Yeah. <laughs> so, so basically, <laughs> as some of you maybe could tell or not, I'm actually not from the United States. Or, um, I'm from the United Kingdom, from London. I grew up in London. Um, so I moved to the U.S. about seven years ago, and I love to tell the story, right? Because um, I remember my wife, um, she invited me over. She was working in Disney, Orlando, and I'm a window seat guy. So I was, you know, the window seat looking down, kind of like suburbia America. And I was just thinking to myself, this place is gorgeous, right? That I remember that vividly, like America is just beautiful. So I had that kind of notion of you know, just just golds on the street, right? <laughs> you know, I, that's the America that I knew. Anyway, we moved we moved here a few years later after my wife finished her internship at, at Disney, and you know, slowly but surely, kind of got assimilated into the American life. Nice job, good apartment. Um, life was good, living the American dream. Go to work, come home, do it again. Go to work, traffic, come home, do it again. And I was like, there's gotta be. I mean, I love this, but <laughs> come on, give me give me something, right? So I was kind of just kind of um, thinking about that. Um, not too far from kind of when I was kind of struggling with that thought, a friend of mine called me from the UK to fly over to Dubai to meet him. The reason I tell this story is success is never going to come to you in a golden box with a red ribbon around it, right? So that was my call. The, what, the reason I'm talking to you, Joe, today was that call. That's why I'm telling the story, right? People think like, oh, I want to be successful, but there's this like grandiose event. No, it could be like a phone call. Anyway, my friend called me, said, hey, meet me in Dubai. Um, I'm in with some investors there and I need you to help me with my business. I was like, uh, okay. So I did what every wise man does, right? I prayed about it and then I asked my wife. And of course my wife was like, well, I mean, why? <laughs> why are you flying, you know, all the way to, to meet your friend? I mean, have you heard of Zoom or Skype? Or I mean, this was way back before like COVID-19 or whatever. This was way back. Anyway, long story short, I was on the plane with my friend, um, you know, to Dubai, to meet my friend in Dubai. I learned so much in that hotel room, right? And I just, on my way back on the plane, I was like, I learned my friend's business, which ironically um, was real estate, right? Real estate in the UK though. And I was coming back on the plane thinking, I need to do this in America. I need to do this. Whatever this thing is, this real estate thing, my friend is doing clearly phenomenally well. I want to do it in America. I knew nothing about real estate, right? This was six, seven years ago for, for, for context. Got back to the United States, went to my best friend, Google, <laughs> and just started Googling real estate. Then I go into a, a, a website called Bigger Pockets, and then I go to their podcast, 
pay attention anyone listening to this i got to their podcast and every guest on that show i kind of listened all the way from the bottom i started listening from the bottom all the way to the top and every guest said this book changed their life reach that poor dad and i picked up that book and i read that book and the only way i could describe it joe was my brain got a uppercut remember i was i was talking i was i was talking about go to work come home do it again that was exactly or similar to what Richard but I was kind of talking about in the beginning and I felt like there was much more to do in America and in life than just being in the rat race right 3 months after I bought my first duplex <laughs> um in a class A area um Baltimore Maryland moved from the luxury fancy apartment that my wife and I were paying we thought we were living the life no no when I was paying someone cash flow um different conversation and then we left that luxury apartment bought our own building which was a duplex and then i started getting cash flow but then i had to worry about trash and you know taxes and all the adulting that came with buying a property but that's kind of how my journey started and i always like to tell the story because you know when joe and i start talking about 11 million dollar deals and you know bigger deals i don't want to lose that day one every day is like day one for me in my business dwelling you can see every day is like the very first day you got to grind you got to act like it's your is your day one so i think that's the story and i i really want to just kind of um stop you and then joe you can kind of dig in if you want Here I, I so I love that story. I never heard that I never heard that story. You didn't tell me that story the first time we spoke. So I love the I love the story. So there's a massive takeaways here, but before we even get to the takeaway, I got to tell you the craziest part of that story is that you convinced your wife to leave Florida to move to Baltimore of all places <laughs> in the world. Are you kidding me? How did you even can like how did you how did that conversation go? Like we're going to leave sunny Cal- sunny Florida to go to Baltimore? <laughs> Had she ever been to Baltimore before that? Of course not. And I've like Baltimore is like way. no offense to people from Baltimore but it's just a terrible terrible place. Like I just oh, I, I live 3 hours. I used to drive through Baltimore all the time going from Jersey to Washington DC and just man, I mean I mean great crabs in Baltimore but that's about it. I mean the harbor's nice. I, I don't know whatever. <laughs> just nothing about Baltimore well, and, makes me want to live there, man. By the way. <laughs> I've also convinced convinced my wife to move from Baltimore to Texas. So I've done this twice. So oh, well, just I mean, just so you know. That's a whole lot better than going to Baltimore. I mean, I can't imagine it's anywhere worse worse than Baltimore in Texas. Anyway, um so <laughs> I got to have a, I'm going to have a lot of listeners in Baltimore that think I'm I'm a terrible person <laughs> after that, but it doesn't matter. So, um but the, I digress for a second. So the couple couple big takeaways from that. Law of manifestation, right? You manifested this thing. right you 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 were intently focused and manifested this thing then it was the consistency because you were consistent about the practice and you immersed yourself in it right you read the books you studied the content and you went after it right then it's the you took action right i can't tell you it's all oh, that sickens me sometimes i i coach people or i have these discovery calls and i get on the call and i ask people like what's holding you back and they're like man i had i was on the phone a couple months ago i've said this a few times on a couple different podcasts this woman's going to have a a major uh you know uh, self realization when she listens to podcasts she, she's like i have a masters degree in real estate i go okay and she goes i spent $60,000 with a fortune builders coach they go okay great how much real estate do you own she says none I'm like how could you have that much knowledge about a subject and never once buy a piece of real estate <laughs> like it doesn't it boggles my mind how deep people go down yeah. a rabbit hole and they're paralyzed yeah. to take action All right and we just can't get anywhere that way so I commend you on 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 driving and and finding that that 
that that drive uh, and committing towards it, but also taking action, right? Whether it's a duplex in Baltimore or, you know, you just find your first investment property somehow, some way, getting started and greasing those skids to move forward. I think that's um, one of the most impactful things people can do. Um, but I also love the one thing that, that you said, and I, and I want to point out, is that it's not always obvious when the signs are put in front of us, right? And so, so many of us have these opportunities placed right in front of us, and then we, we, we overanalyze or we convince ourselves or we tell ourselves these rational lies about why it's not the right time or it's not the right opportunity or it's not the right thing or why would this be right for me or I'm not good enough or fast enough or strong enough or educated enough or I, I don't have the background or it's too risky. Just or, show up. You know, right. Like just, just be up. there. Reach out and grab it. Right. It's not going to smack you in the face like so many people think success is just dropped on our lap. Like, guys, we're out there every day chasing it, trying to trying to create sometimes create problems in order to solve them so we can make the success happen. And then, you know, unfortunately, a lot of times people are literally given these, you know, potential opportunities and they don't even realize their opportunities because they, they talk themselves out of it. So um, I love that you took advantage of the opportunity to uh, to take that trip and to to learn that knowledge and to take advantage of it and, and go down that rabbit hole. So let's let's fast forward to. You relocated twice. You bought some real estate. How did it? How did it expand, man? Because you had to, you had to have some hiccups along the road, right? You had to have some failures. Oh, you had to have oh, some shit. Had to go sideways along the way, right? So let's let's talk. Oh, let's talk about some of that, right? <laughs> All right. Let's so I mean, this is kind of where you know the, the story continues, and, and and I just I you know I just want to emphasize that because I think, and you maybe mentioned this as well before we started recording, most people that listen to this podcast are people that want to do real estate. I want to get into the game, right? Yeah. Maybe not Grant Cardone, right? Or somebody that's really done well. So for you, if you're out there and you're thinking, how do I get started? Just start small, right? You've heard this before, yeah. but it literally just start small, which I did, right? I bought this duplex. We moved into the bottom floor. We had two tenants in the top floor paying us rent. Right. Mm -hmm. So my wife made that shift. We bought this property and, you know, my wife and I had this epiphany, right. Just at home one night, you know, um, one evening doing what lovers do, right. Cooking. And we just got talking and I just, I was telling my wife, I was like, Hey, my, my account, my bank of America account, it just, it just keeps growing now that we moved to this new building and I'm not yeah. paying any rent, you know, or any more, and, you know, any rent like I was before. Right. And she said the same thing, like, yo, me too. I, I noticed the same thing with my account, right? It's like a beautiful thing, right? Such, maybe like a, you could call it a small change, but it's just really significant, right? Um, in, 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 your, in your pocketbook. Anyway, we did this and we're like, this is really fantastic. Any normal person would just go do the same thing again, right? Buy another duplex or a triplex or a fourplex. Of course I didn't do that. Um, <laughs> I yeah. met a partner and the partner said, hey, Ola, let's go flip some houses down the street. We're going to make $50,000 and do no work, right? <laughs> Not yep. true, obviously. <laughs> I was watching too much HGTV <laughs> at the time. So I, I went to flip. And don't get me wrong, I want to bold and underline this. I'm not saying flipping is bad, but flipping is yeah. not for everyone, right? Just like how, I don't know, tennis is not for everyone. So I went into flipping houses and I realized because I'm a perfectionist, I was going to my projects every day, driving the contractors crazy, telling them the paint mm -hmm. wasn't the right color and the corner is in, you know... So basically my project took longer. I had cost overruns. I was coming on, you know, full of dust. And my wife is like, what the, like, what are you doing? Like, I, 
like are you are you managing this project or you're working in this project yeah. <laughs> you know? so uh, you know i did a, a few projects um, i realized flipping wasn't for me but i already enrolled you know with a coach right um you know uh, to, to learn apartment syndication but i took a break to go flip. And this is important because while I was flipping houses and you know, getting covered in dust and, you know, dealing with trash and all that kind of stuff, my cohort, you know, my mate that joined the same apartment syndication group was, were buying a hundred unit build, apartment because we're doing pretty well. But the two years that I left cost me and I did not make the fifty hundred thousand dollars I thought I was gonna make in two months. No, um, <laughs> there's the price to pay in life. There's a price to pay, and there are no discounts. You're always gonna pay the full the full price. And I did right because I left um, my syndication coaching um, to go flip houses. Anyway, when I got back, I saw that you know a lot of my friends were already buying apartments, so I just quickly plugged in and partnered. So if you were not paying attention, two things I did to go from my duplex to larger deals was a mentor and partners. I just closed a 10 million you know, plus deal. Literally last week, actually, I was just telling Joe. And just to give, for those that are, you know, have a quantitative mind, there were literally almost 40 people that were involved in that deal. Not investors, people like mm. like the lenders council right like the title guy like the rate cap people we had to buy a rate cap because we had, we had a floating rate i don't want to throw too many jargons out there like there were yeah. literally 40 people if we counted the emails it's probably like i don't know maybe more than a thousand emails or more coordinating that thing it, yeah. it, like yeah. it, you just have to understand that like this is not you know flipping the house down the road i just want to really stress that so the reason yeah. I, I said mentor and partnership is to get used to the fact that you cannot do this alone. So yeah. if you want to buy an apartment building in America today, it's a mm. team sport, period. Yeah. So you need yeah. to get to that frame of mind because that's how you build wealth and that's where you get successful. Like I watched my team masterfully <laughs> close this mm. deal. Like it was yeah. just beautiful to watch. Everybody stayed in the lanes and things got done. And just, it was just, it was just masterful. So I think for those that are out there, get a mentor, appreciate partners. I have, you know, there, there are many partners I do, I do deals of business with, and that's how you kind of make that, um, you know, that jump and just kind of humble yourself, right? This is not a, a context. Like, you know, I, I, I'm better. I know like there are things you don't know and there are things you know, and those that are very good, uh, a certain lane like for instance i have a partner of mine is an engineer by trade you know and he just loves contracts he loves reading contracts like the 5.1.2 clause but i don't <laughs> care about that so yeah <laughs> you know so if you're out there listening just understand that you're not gonna be good at everything so just find what you think you're good at double down on that and find partners to kind of you know just complement what you're good at I love that because I think a lot of people are trying to become experts in what they don't know. And the true experts are, are, are finding people that are experts at what they don't know, right? Like creating opportunity where, where you're weak, right? And relying on someone else who's strong in that, in that field, creating partnerships that are strong in that field. And, and I find a lot of partnerships um, go sour because the, 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 they, they, they don't have 
um, um, varying interests. Like in other words, you have partners that, that don't do things differently. They're, they're, they're the same type of person. They do the same type of thing mm. over and over again. So the best partnerships are strong at different things. Right. Like, like one of my, one of my uh, partnerships in the uh, storage business, my partner is the construction guy and he's a great operator and he's a day-to-day guy and he's dealing with the schedules and the, and the budgets and the operations and keeping the guys on track. I, I'm not that guy. I'm the visionary, right? I'm, I'm thinking big picture. I'm thinking t- 12 months from now, I'm thinking about recruiting and the, and the people inside and how do I create comp plans and opportunities for them? That's not stuff that he wants to mess with. Right. So like we, we have to have our expertise inside of a partnership and we have to stay in our lane inside of a partnership. And some of the times, um, just like we have great partnerships, the ones that are breaking up or having like conflict are the ones that are trying to do the same thing. Right. So I think that, um, you know, what you're saying is, you know, find great partners. Um, but one of the things when you're finding great partners too, guys is make sure that you're finding people that complement your skill set. And are hopefully opposite of your skill set. I see a lot of people get into partnerships just because they're friends. It doesn't create a great partnership opportunity just because you're buddies with somebody, you're drinking buddies, or you went to high school or college together. Doesn't mean you're going to make no great correlation. business associates. Yeah, there's no, nothing. No there's, that means nothing. <laughs> yeah, right. You might you might get into a partnership with your spouse, your wife, or your husband. It doesn't mean you're going to work well together if you don't have. But but sometimes it works really well. Because opposites mm-hmm. attract. And sometimes your spouse is the perfect business partner because he or she does exactly what you don't do really well. Right. So you see it work really well sometimes because sometimes couples make great partners because in life they make great partners. Sometimes they mm-hmm. butt heads because they're very similar and they don't add anything to the dynamic of the relationship and business. So, um, you know, I know that's kind of a tangent, but just to add to what you're saying, I think it's really, really important that people think about that. This is like a, it's like a marriage, man. And, and, and when you it start to build six, seven, eight figure businesses, it's, it's just as bad as a, as a divorce when it shit falls apart. <laughs> yes, so. that's hundred percent true. <laughs> so you're building this, um, this portfolio, the syndication portfolio, you have a bunch of partners. Um, and by the way, the one thing I wanted to add to that is, you know, you're going from small to large. I think a lot of people's concept is I'm giving up control, right? And maybe you can speak to this, Ola. I'm giving up control. I have 100% ownership of the single family FIPS and flip. And I'm going to make 50 grand, man. You want me to go buy a $5 million apartment building and I'm going to give up equity to everybody. And one of my friends has this saying, I love it. It's like, do you want 100% of the grape or 20% of the watermelon, right? And like, maybe you can walk people through the mentality of what it's like to you know, kind of, uh, you know, quote unquote, give up that control to find those great people to work with because of the opportunity. Yeah, I mean, I probably want to say control might be an illusion, perhaps a mirage. Yeah. yeah. You know, like to even, let, let's even start there. But, but I think I want to actually go back a little bit. You have to really, really know thyself, right? There are some people in this world that just don't care to have a million dollar asset. Like they're just not wired that way for whatever reason, how they grew up, whatever. So you need to know for yourself, um, the goal for my business, and I don't like sharing this publicly, is to get to 10,000 units before, mm. I, before I pass on to the next life. So mm. I'm kind of averaging 300 units of transactions every year. So it would take me 33.33 years to get there. So I'll be in my 60s. That's long term. And I'm also thinking, you know, after I'm gone, whoever takes over should continue. 
right? So that's kind of on, on the on the goal side. But then, of course, we also have on the philanthropic side, we want to give a house, you know, one house to a family every year. You know, so what I'm what I'm trying to say is you have to know what you're aiming for. If you're aiming to have 50, you know, single family homes or whatever, or just, or you just want to have five single family homes that gives you five grand cash flow, whatever it is, just really understand that first because if you don't then you're going to have that like kind of what you said butt heads with with yourself because you actually yeah. didn't specify what you were going after in the first place now yeah. now if you were just doing a business like single family flips by accident and you haven't just taken a step back and say, hey, why, why the heck am I actually doing this? You know, then that's a different case. You're just doing it by accident. So yeah. for, for, you know, you have kind of two, you know, two types of people that just doing it by accident because that's, you know, their body was flipping. So they started flipping or you've maybe chosen that field and you don't really want to go anywhere else. So maybe now there's a third one is you've actually said, I want to be a flipper of single family homes in the state of Arizona. You've actually made that pledge and that's fine, you know, but just understand that that's what you want to do. And you just focus on that. And of course you can always pivot. So, um, you know, for me, I think Contra is definitely a mirage. Um, at the end of the day, I define wealth as the time when you've discovered that you don't have to swap your time for money. That's when you mm. become wealthy. Right. Think about a dentist, right, or a doctor, or an engineer, or a software developer. They have to literally trade eight hours or ten hours of their day to do things, right, and then they get paid. But think about an investor, a typical investor, like a landlord or like an owner of a of a storage facility, like you. You don't have to be in front of the storage place taking money. Like you, like you don't. Like you're some you're someplace else in in the world, right? And someone's paying you to store their stuff. Or someone is paying you for rent. Like I've got properties in Baltimore. I haven't, I mean, I was there, you know, a few months ago, but I don't have to be in front of my property collecting money every day. My, you know, I don't have to do that. I think that's wealth. And I think if you can figure that out, you're wealthy. So whatever way you are in the spectrum of you want to be a single family guy and you pay them off and you get like 20K, you know, a month, that's great. Or you want to be a Grand Cardone and you have an helicopter and that's what makes you happy. Like it, you know, it, it's, it's just totally up to you. Now I'm going to mention this, you know, finally in life, there's always a price to pay and there are no discount. You're always going to pay that full price. Meaning if you want to be the single family guy with, you know, the mortgage is paid off, you get 20 K every month. That's there's a price for that. If you want to be, you know, the guy with the private jet, there's a price to pay for that it just it just up to you or you want to be the guy in the middle just low-key nobody knows who you are you're making your one million dollars every month you like you could, you could be on on the streets nobody knows you that that's fine too but there's always a price to pay and there are no discounts be aware of that price we're opening up to a whole different philosophical conversation here for a yes. second right so yes. so let's talk about that what do you think the difference in the price is to pay if it's somebody that has a, uh, a private jet or somebody who's doing, you know, multi millions of dollars in, in apartment buildings. You know, I was talking to my wife recently about this. I'm actually, I'm, I have a fear of success, right? I have like four people in my life that I can go to and they just tell me the truth. Like they, they don't care about like my network. Yeah. Like yeah. they don't care, you know, 
So when we get to a level in life, you know, and it's really hard to describe, right? <laughs> I know, yeah. you know, like to. No, it is. That's why I asked you a question. And I'll give you my answer. I'll give you my answer. I'm not going to hold back. Yeah, I'm curious. Yeah, I'm curious. Yeah. You know, basically, you have to know. And I'll give us just a quick story and then I'll jump back. There was a yeah. book I just read um, and it was called actually, Why Should All the White Guys Have All the Fun? Something like that. It was written by <laughs> the first, I, I know, funny title, but it was written yeah. by the first black billionaire in America, right? Mm -hmm. You don't know him because he, he passed away, Reginald Lewis. He passed away in 1995, but he okay. did the biggest LBO, which was a, a leverage buyout in the 90s, mm -hmm. right? This dude had a private jet like back then. Mm -hmm. He died at the age of 50 brain cancer because it was just mm. apparently it was just so busy it was flying it was you know going all over the place right it was just a really busy guy he went to harvard right but he's not with us he died at the age of 50. so if you want to say to, I have, i've got two young girls right now so if i want to say to myself i want to be a billionaire what does it what does it take quantitatively to get to a billion dollars worth of asset it takes x amount of units okay i want to get that x if it's forty thousand units i want to get forty thousand units, whatever but that means I'm not going to be with my kids every night. I'm not going to be able to pick them up from school. Now, if my girl ends up being a stripper or, God forbid, a drug addict, that could be, that could be a hefty price. Now, if somebody came and said, hey, don't be the billionaire. Your kid would end up at the pub as a, as a stripper. I know these are extremes, right? On drugs, but she'll be a good daddy-loving girl, but you also be a centimillionaire, like I have a hundred million. I think, I, I mean, I would choose the 100 million all day long. I have no interest in the magnitude of money. I just want to have a well-fulfilled life, right? Now, I'm not saying if you are a billionaire, your kid is going to be a stripper, obviously. I'm not saying that. that there's no correlation. But on the quest to wealth, there's a price to pay, right? And I'm going to end with this for those listening, like, what is this dude talking about? I want to cry yeah. in my Bentley than in my bug, right? Let me tell you, <laughs> Jeff Bezos, <laughs> Jeff Bezos, his wife divorced him. Bill Gates, I almost cried when I saw that on the news. So my point is, it doesn't mean that you're a billionaire necessarily mean that you're still going to have a happy life or you're going to have your wife with you. For, it, it like literally doesn't mean that. So on your way to that wealth, just know that there's a price to pay. Be aware of it. And the only way to be centered as you're going through that journey is to be aware of the same thing we're talking about. What is the cost of my pursuit to my family, to my friends, to my mental state, to my well-being? right? That's why I meditate every day. Like you have to have that self-awareness. So you're not just, you're not just out there just in this random pursuit without reflection. All right. All right. I'm going to flip the argument. You ready? I'm going to flip the argument wait. on you. I actually believe that the, the more wealthy I get is because of, I'm actually, I'm, I have a book coming on this in two weeks. No shit. So this is the, I love this discussion. <laughs> so I actually believe that wealth is created through great leaders, through creating great leaders. We have this saying inside of my organization that great leaders create great leaders, right? So the book is called multiplicity and the concept is multiplying great leadership, Right. And so I actually believe that you can live and have all of those things. You can have all of the lifestyle that you want. You can have amazing kids. Your kids don't have to be strippers. I too have two young girls and I firmly don't believe either one of them are going to be strippers. My younger one is crazy. Um, so no matter what happens, who knows? But 
Um, that being said, um, I believe that the more great leaders you create and the more opportunity that you create for them to create for other people and the more great leaders they create, the more money we're all going to make together, right? And the more money ultimately I'm going to make because I'm at the top of the pyramid, right? They're all going to make money underneath me and they're all going to make a lot of money. In fact, my goal is to see how many seven-figure earners I can make, right, before I die. And so that byproduct is by proxy is going to potentially make me a billionaire one day. I don't know. We'll see. That's the goal. We'll see how many I can create on top of all the real estate that we're creating on top of all the other opportunities and businesses we're buying and you know, all that type of thing, right? Quality of life will continue to improve as all of this stuff improves. And my time is actually more free because I'm creating leaders underneath me, I'm not creating problem makers I'm creating problem solvers. And so the more opportunity I make for them to go out and create for themselves and create opportunity for themselves, the more it actually increases my lifestyle, the more it actually increases my time freedom, the more it actually increases my ability to go create more for myself. And so the higher that I go, it's seemingly, again, this has only been a few years because it took me 15 years to get to this point to create these opportunities for people and have the cash leverage and some of the wealth and some of the real estate and the credibility and the credit and all that kind of stuff that took years to build up. So when people are listening to this and they're thinking like, wow, you sound like a pompous asshole. Guys, I've been doing this for 20 years in business, basically 15 in real estate, right? That when I see this leverage and this opportunity and we push it down to those below us and allow them to go and expand it, right? That multiplicity effect, right? I believe makes lifestyle better. Makes, you know, so we say there's a price. I don't look at it as a price. I look at it as an investment. It's a constant reinvestment into my people. It's a constant reinvestment into my culture. It's a constant reinvestment into my team and those people reinvesting into their people. And that's actually the concept, believe it or not, to bring it full circle of this podcast. It's the legacy blueprint, right? How do we build a legacy so that 200 years from now, four generations, your great, great grandkids are like doing something that they learned from some dude that, you know, works for me that. They don't even know that like you're, you know, somebody was listening to this podcast. was like, Hey, I want to put this into action. Right. And then like, they, they don't know, right. They don't even know who we are. They don't remember us. Like, right. unless you got right. a statue in your name or some library with your name on it. Right. Right. And that's the coolest thing I think is the creationary ability for us to grow those, those leaders and help them succeed um, so that we can all become better. So that's yeah, it in a nutshell. And yeah, no, I a hundred percent agree. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've, you know, being a billionaire or, or you know even more there's nothing wrong with it um so i yeah. definitely I, and i believe in the much you know that the much much multiplicity effect uh yeah. um as well 100 percent. not to mention the charity piece of it i love dude i love what you're talking about with building a house so you're giving a house away um i love what mm -hmm. you're talking about with creating those ten thousand units by the way the, the thing that I, that I think is missing in your math, which we could talk about offline, is that you're doing 300 units a year. You're forgetting about the scalability and the proportions of things. Whatever the oh, hell I you're know. doing right I'm now, dude, 10 years from now, 300 <laughs> units is going to be a month. You're going to be like, that, you're going to look a, at a 300 a unit apartment complex. Number. Yeah, yeah I mean, that, that, yeah. oh, so conservative. You're going to you're going to hit like, what did you say, 62 or whatever? You're going to be like 45 going, OK, I got 10,000 units. Now, what do I do? Right. So right. anyway, oh, that was a lot of fun, man. What did I miss? What did I forget to ask you? What did we not talk about? Yeah, no, I, I think we covered pretty much um, a bunch. I just I just really want someone out there to to be inspired. Um, uh, you know, I just want to make sure that 
like you said, if you know my my great 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 grandkids listen to this, they're going to you know pick one thing that can help them and propel them yeah. to the next level. Listen, man, I think anybody who uh, to, who immigrates here at the age of seven builds a uh, multi 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 million dollar investment portfolio out of scratch, um, listens to a bunch of podcasts and puts it to work. Um, you're just like living proof that us being on here is not a waste of hot air and that there's somebody out there that's going to listen to this, go listen to some more podcasts, read some books, put the stuff into action. You know, this shit works and, and that's why I do it. That's why we do it. And, and by the way, for our listeners is hundred percent free. There's no advertising on here. All we ask you to do is leave a five-star review, go on iTunes, share it with your friends, put it on your Facebook wall, you know, send it a messenger, send it a text message, tag us on there. Let us know that you're sharing it. And uh, we appreciate you guys continuing to listen. And if it's your first time listening, make sure you hit that subscribe button. So appreciate you being on here. Hola. Thanks again, man. Second interview, second time talking to you. Always a pleasure. I'm sure we'll have you back here in the future. Thanks so much, Joe. Appreciate it.